because you're thinking, I'm assuming, so tell me if I'm wrong, but you're thinking, I only need to buy one car for my kid, but now I'm helping to buy four cars for yours. Heck, honey, I thought with that when we went to play putt-putt. I, mean, I bet you did. <laughs> I mean, you take me and you and my kid to play putt-putt, it's 30 bucks. You add your kids, that's 40 more. It's $70 to go play putt-putt. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step-family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 247 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. You're in the right place. Are you sure? (laughs) I am. You are? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Shifting gears, shifting gears. (laughs) I thought that it might be a good idea for us to talk about some of the fears in a blended family. Like, I'm afraid the kids will be here past 18? That's one of them. (laughs) So we have fears of the biological parent, fears of the step-parent, fears of the biological children, and fears of the stepchildren. That's a lot of fears. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. Let's go over them. All right. So first, let's talk about fears of the biological parent. A fear of the biological parent could be that the other bio parent is going to keep their child from them. Uh-huh. Been there, done that one. And that is a real fear. It's a legitimate fear. Yeah. It definitely controls how you respond to that other person because, again, you you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what kind of power they have. And of course, if it's something where you're tied up in the court system, you definitely don't know what's going to end up happening. Well, even if you have a court order saying you get regular visitation, if the other bio parent doesn't allow the child to go or whatever, you've got to go back to court. And sometimes courts don't recognize parental alienation. They're getting better, but it's still a real fear. And that fear oftentimes shows itself in guilty parent syndrome. Yep, it does. And we talk a lot about guilty parent syndrome in our Nacho Kids Academy. There's even a course on it. And there's a blog that I wrote about it as well. But it is real. And it's very important for the significant other of the bio parent to understand guilty parent syndrome. Mm -hmm. All right. There's also the fear that when you get into a blend, for instance, with you and I, that my son might not get along with you, or you might not get along with my son. Yeah, that for me, that would have been more of a fear if he had been older. Or not as cool as he is. You're talking about me? You're talking about me being cool? No, I'm talking about Jackson <laughs> being cool. <laughs> yeah, if, if he would have been a teenager especially, yeah, I would, I would have worried about that. Yeah. Or, like, as old as your kids. Yeah. Yep. Then, that biological parent could have a fear that their child is not going to feel as loved. Because, all of a sudden, all of the attention they were getting is now split between the new significant other in the home and even their stepkids. Yeah. 
Yeah, because one thing that you can do that might be a problem is, for example, let's say Jackson it was was older and we got together and I want to make sure that, you know, he likes me. And so I spent a lot of time with him and focus on him and do things for him. But at the same time, my kids are looking at me going, hey, what, what's going on? Right. And if it's in a situation where I'm getting my kids every other week or every other weekend and Jackson's here almost all the time, there could be some jealousy there that, hey, you get my dad all the time. Right. And we only get to see him every other week or every other weekend. Right. Or when Jackson and I moved in and we got married, when we would go on vacation, Jackson would be like, well, it used to just be me and my mom on vacation. Why does everybody have to go? Mm -hmm. So there's that fear that the bio parent can have that the child is going to feel left out or not as loved. And the bio child could have that same fear of I'm losing my bio parent. Yeah. And I think that's why the communications between the parent and the child are so important because oftentimes you could think that something really means a lot to them only to find out that it really bothers you more than it bothers them. Right. There were several times that I would talk to Jackson about things and God love him. Everybody says he's an old soul, but he would say, you let things bother you that don't bother me. Or he would say, things don't bother me till you tell me that they bother you. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I didn't know this was supposed to bother me, but now you tell me I'm bothered by it. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, well, I never thought of it that way, but now that you bring it up. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, mom. Mm -hmm. Now, we can also talk about, from a biological standpoint, a biological parent standpoint, if an hours kid is brought into the mix. The biological parent could be afraid that their first set of bio kids would feel like they were being replaced. Yes, that's true. Or the bio parent could be afraid that little Johnny's not going to want to come visit anymore because he feels like he's been replaced. Again, very true. So that covers the bio parent to a degree. There's still more. Believe me, there's still more. Because we could talk about the fear of going to court, the fear of financial aspects of going to court. Yeah. Or the, you know, how am I damaging my kid going through this blended family mess? Yes. Yes. Or how am I damaging my kid staying with the other parent if you haven't yet, let, yet went through that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then the fear of what your ex is saying about you to yeah, the kid. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. So that doesn't even cover all of them, but that covers some of them. All, all right. right. Fears of the step parent. Okay. Like I've already mentioned one. <laughs> they're never going to move out. Right. <laughs> they're, you know, they're never going to be productive. Members of society. Mm -hmm. Well, we could say even the fear of the money that is being spent on the stepkids by the bio parent because it's affecting the financial well-being of the entire house. Yep. Another fear the step parent may have is that the stepkids will never like them. Yep. Or that they will never be viewed as a parent. 
Yeah. See, I, I never cared about that. Well, me either. And actually, a fear of the bio and the step-parent could be that they will never be like a nuclear family. Yeah, that that's a hard realization sometimes. Right. I know for me it was, uh, I think it was a hard realization, not, not in that I longed for it to happen and I was devastated because it wasn't. It was just more of a, oh, wow, I didn't realize that I had improper expectations and I was looking at this thing all wrong. So for me, it was just kind of that. You know, but I know some people, you know, treat it like it's almost like a death. Mm -hmm. They're not going to ever get this thing they wanted out of life. I never looked at it that way, but I did look at it uh, very differently uh, than that it turned out to be. And it's honestly, I think it's looking back, though, I think it's better than I even envisioned. It's just not the same as what I envisioned. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and then another fear of the step-parent could be that their partner and the ex would get back together. I didn't have to worry about that either. (laughs) Well, a lot of times you see the insecurities in a step-parent because of the co-parenting relationship that the bio-parents have. Yeah, well, I've heard you say that before, you know, way, way, way back. Like, well, if you get along with somebody that well, you should just stay with them. Oh, I said that to you about your ex. That was one week. <laughs> well, that was before we were married, too. Yeah. And <laughs> I remember, like it was yesterday, and it's funny, I can't remember yesterday, but you and I had been cleaning out your closet. And somehow or another, y'all ended up on the phone. I don't remember who called who. And then y'all were just talking about stuff, and I'm like, they're talking like they're best friends. And then you had said something to her about your job, and I'm like, he's telling her stuff that... I don't think it's any of her business. So after about 10 minutes or so, I'm like, I'm leaving. I said, I'm going home. You're welcome to come later if you want to. So I left. I went home. You had about a 10-minute window to be behind me. (laughs) That was an unspoken window, right? It was an unspoken window. (laughs) Yeah. And I did tell you, if y'all get along so good, why aren't y'all still together? And I understand that some people do get along better when they're not in each other's faces all the time. But this was like, y'all might as well have just been kicked up, sharing a tea, and just reminiscing about the good old days. And yeah, it was a little weird. But also, you have to compare it to the relationship I had with my ex. You know, I was told he wouldn't pee on me if he passed me on the side of the road and I was on fire. Yeah. I I mean, I did. I did have a hope in the beginning that I, it could be very amicable. I mean, trust me, if anybody had the reason to be mad, it was me. So I figured, okay, then I've got complete control of how this thing's going to pan out because I'm the one that has the ability to say I should be mad or not mad because I was wronged. So I thought, okay, you know, I can, I can be okay with this. I can be okay with, her gone and with this other guy and all this kind of stuff because, you know, I, I have that control of how I let it affect me. But what I didn't anticipate was the response I would get from that. Instead of being a positive response, it was negative. From me? <laughs> no, no, from her. Oh, yeah. I mean, it would just, I, you know, 
And it probably because you became into pictures, why it became <laughs> that way. So yeah, that's, that's a fear. Okay. And some of these fears are, like I said, they're validated. They're real. They're, you can understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. But even if you can't understand where the fear is coming from, or you don't think it's valid or reasonable, it doesn't matter. These are fears that step parents experience. Right. Okay. Another fear of the step parent, if they have children of their own, is the fear that their child will be treated differently from like the in laws. Mm-hmm. And that's a real fear. It's a valid fear. Yeah. I would say in a lot of cases it it does initially happen. Mm-hmm. Because again, we're talking relationships. So it's not fair for me to think that your family is going to welcome my kids with open arms when they've probably not even met them yet or right. they've met them once or twice. And and we got married and all of a sudden here's all these other kids that we're dragging in to a Christmas party. Right. Uh, they're, they're still pretty much strangers to them and potentially strangers for years, depending on how often you're around those people. Right. And I think my parents both did a really good job of including your kids and in things. Yeah. Yeah, um, oh, they, they did. I, I, but I know people that are in my family that I don't see them often enough to feel like I have a relationship with them. So it still feels odd. It's almost, you're, you know, you've been to those family reunions where you don't know that cousin person over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, they're just, just as well be somebody that walked in off the street. You don't know who they are. Right. Or you see them every couple of years or so, but you don't know them. Right. Another fear of the step parent, which was a fear of mine. And it was proven to be an accurate fear, I guess you would say, is that my son would be excluded from things when it came to your kids. I remember yeah. going to Wendy's, your kids would bust up in a booth of four, and my poor sweet baby would just stand there. And it broke my heart. I know. it's Wendy should have tables for five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Places don't think about people with more than four kids. Yeah. And it really, it, I mean, for us, it was a logistics issue. But at the same time, they were excluding him. But it, I don't think it was intentional. Yeah, it's like, what are you going to do? Because only four people can sit there. So you're either going to pull one of the kids away so he can sit there, which now makes another kid. I mean, it's like there's no way to win on this one. Mm-hmm. That's why I like the places that have like the long bench with the tables on the front. So you could kind of all sit together, sort of. Right. But yeah, it was it was a problem for us. And it made you feel like he was left out, although... Again, I don't know that it was intentional because if there was space for him and he sat there, nobody was like, get away, don't sit here. Well, no, granted, the kids were skinny. They could have made room for my baby. Well, there, at the time, too, that you're talking about, there was also that there was a bigger age. Well, the age difference is the same, but it made a bigger deal back then. Right. And that's what I was going to say, too, is like when we would go to Carowinds, your kids could ride things that Jackson couldn't. Right. So it was spend half the day in the park where your kids could do stuff and Jackson wasn't happy. Spend the other half where Jackson could do stuff and your kids weren't happy. Yep. Or we could split up and we'd all be happy. Right. Which we did sometimes. Okay. Another fear that a step parent 
or a bio parent could have is from the financial aspect of, like with us, I got child support, you didn't. So as far as buying a vehicle when they're old enough to drive, I was able to utilize that child support money for that. You had a vehicle yours could drive, but they all four had to share. Oh, yeah. I wasn't buying four cars. Mm -mm. But imagine if I would have, though, for a moment, which means you would have had to pitch in to help buy my kid's car. Right. And it would have, it would have been a probably a problematic discussion because you're thinking, I'm assuming, so tell me if I'm wrong, but you're thinking, I only need to buy one car for my kid, but now I'm helping to buy four cars for yours. Heck, honey, I thought with that when we went to play putt-putt. I, mean, I bet you did. <laughs> I mean, you take me and you and my kid to play putt-putt, it's 30 bucks. You add your kids, that's 40 more. It's $70 to go play putt-putt. Yeah, yeah. But I, I really didn't look at it that way. I mean, I was aware of how much it cost, but you were also aware of it because you were good with your money. I didn't say frugal. You were good with your money, so we didn't do a lot of things that cost a lot with the kids. We didn't go to laser tag every other weekend. We did stuff like geocaching or stuff that was free or cheap. Yeah. Well, I think we did things that were more of an experience with the kids versus taking them somewhere and going, y'all go have fun now and we'll leave at two o'clock. Right. Because you can take them to some place and they can go and they can jump on these things and they can play bowling and they can play laser tag and they can do all this stuff, but you're not doing any of that with them right. most of the time. You're sitting over there doing your own thing. And then when they're ready to go, you go. Whereas I wanted to do things because they got to do that kind of stuff with their mom. And that mm-hmm. was another piece of it is like, I felt like as long as they were getting that experience, it didn't matter to me where they got it from. Right. So they got the experience with their mom going to the, for example, play laser tag. So I didn't feel the need to take them to play laser tag. I wanted to take them to do something different. Right. And so I would find things that I figured that she would not do with them for whatever reason. And then in some cases, it was the fact that it's like, you know what? I don't want to spend $200 to go to a theme park. So we're going to do these other things and we'll have fun doing them and we'll make it a day of it. And they Mm -hmm. enjoyed those things. They enjoyed the geocaching and all that kind of stuff. Now, of course, we had to, at the time, you had to buy GPS devices. You couldn't do it from your phone. Now you can just do it on your phone. But, you know, we had to spend a little bit of money to get those things, but they had fun passing it around and we would go and everybody would find one. And, you know, we tried to do things where everybody could participate and everybody could, could get something. Now it blew up in our face one time when we went fishing and everybody has to catch a fish. <laughs> I was about to swim out there, catch a fish and put it on the hook myself. It was like everybody caught a fish within the first hour, but one kid. Branson. <laughs> and it was like two hours later before he finally caught a fish. Everybody was like, Oh my God. I even left and went home and came back. It was man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, me and you were, at each other's throat that day too. It was it was not a good day. Yep. But then, <laughs> okay, college. If I would have had to help pay for your kids' college, that's four more kids that w- we would have had to pay for college. Yeah. Yeah. You almost look at people who have the equal number of kids. Like, oh, he's got two. I got two. You're like, okay, good, because that'll you be able to avoid some, 
you know, confrontational discussions about finances. Yeah, because it's quote, quote, fair. Right. Which you can have one girl and two boys, and you'll probably end up spending more on that one girl than you do the two boys because her clothes are more expensive and and a lot of the other things they Make have to do are more expensive. And, yep. Right. Right. A lot of it. So anyway, there I don't know, man. When you start to get into the word fair, to me that sometimes drives me nuts because I know even with my own kids, you could look at a lot of things and say that it wasn't fair. And we hear this all the time. And we see it in our Facebook group and we deal with it in the academy of how do you handle this? Well, how you handle it is you have discussions way before you say, I do. Right. And I will tell y'all, we didn't. We didn't have discussions about cars. We didn't have discussions about car insurance. We didn't have discussions about college expenses. We didn't. Yeah. But it worked out, thank goodness. Yeah. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise just going, oh, it'll work itself out. No. If no. you can avoid it. Because it can cause some major issues. And those are things you're going to have to talk about because, you know, you and I both have seen people where one person says, well, you make twice as much as I do, so you should contribute twice as much. But they're and not my kids. Right. They're not their kids and they're having to contribute. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's almost like, okay, well, did you marry that person so they could financially contribute? Well, and here's the other part of that. Even if you keep finances separately. Say that you and I made the same exact money, and neither one of us got child support. Right. And we split the bills in the house slap down the middle. Right. Well, you still have four kids that have to have car insurance. You have four kids that have to buy yearbooks. So I've got more money than you because you're having to pay out all these expenses. Right. And then I say, well, I'm going to Florida on vacation but you have to pay your half and you can't afford it because you've got these extra expenses. So keeping money split is not always the best option either. Right. And that's, again, we've seen both sides of it. We've seen people who have done that. Like I'm taking my kid going on a trip to Paris and you just can't go because you can't afford it. Sorry. Right. Again, these are discussions that need to be had very early on so that the proper expectations can be set on how these things are going to play out before you're faced with them as much as you can. You can't figure out everything because we're basically talking about risk management, right? Like you Mm -hmm. can't figure out what every risk and impact is going to be. But to some degree, you know, like you know certain things are coming. You know vacations are coming. You know colleges may be coming. You know cars are coming and car insurance are coming. Speeding tickets are coming. (laughs) (laughs) But what about, David, what about if I, you know, I'm a very protective mother. If I thought I needed to take Jackson to the doctor, we had combined income, and you didn't think I needed to. So you're thinking, you don't need to spend that $50 to take him to the specialist. But I think I do. So there's a lot more, like you said, that needs to be talked about. Before you blend. And one lady I know that we had talked to, I don't remember if she was on the podcast or not, but she felt like her retirement was being affected because of the contributions she was having to make to the stepkids. And that's not good. No. And then you've also got people that 
whether it's the stepmom or the stepdad, one of them doesn't work. So they're relying on the other. Mm-hmm. And when you've only got one income coming in, even if the other person has disability or something like that, then that can put a huge strain when it's, well, my four kids need a new pair of shoes. Yeah. The, the way I always looked at it, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but the way I always looked at it was, if you're not in the picture, how would this be handled financially? So if all my kids need a pair of shoes, I'm not married to Lori. What are my options? I'm either going to buy the shoes for them, or I'm going to see if mom's going to split the cost with me on things. But Lori's not an option. Now, right. if, if we're married, my viewpoint was Lori's still not an option because these are still things for my kids whom they have a mom that should be contributing to that. And I know not everybody does. Mm-hmm. So your situation could be different, but that's the way I looked at it. And if mom wasn't going to participate, it's back on me to figure that out. It was never back on Lori to figure that out. But our finances were combined. They were. Yep. Right. Or and, are. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like, or when the kids would complain about brushing their teeth and I'm trying to nacho that, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, that's so hard to nacho because when they go to the dentist and they have 25 cavities each, then that's going to cost us a fortune. Mm-hmm. But I still had to nacho it because it wasn't my place to make them brush their teeth. Yeah. Well, not only that, but it really doesn't serve you at the end of the day because of the stress that it brings, the problems that it brings within your relationship and all that. If you were to look back on it and really ask yourself, is it going to make that much difference? Like, is it worth my potentially my relationship being completely destroyed and me having to go through whatever that looks like? No, because they didn't brush their teeth the other week they were gone. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I can make them brush the teeth all they want to. And then they go to the other house and they don't do it all. So yeah. Yeah, And there's a lot to it, obviously, but you definitely need to, to have a lot of discussions. We still need to come up with a questionnaire though. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We need to do that. We need to do that this weekend. Maybe on the way to Columbia to the funeral. (laughs) It's a perfect time to do it. Perfect time. We need to wrap up, but I want to say another thing is the loyalty conflicts. That's a fear of the stepkids would think, I don't, I'm afraid to love my stepmom because my mom will be upset. Or I'm afraid to talk about my dad because it upsets my mom. Mm-hmm. Or I'm afraid to act like I had a good time at my dad's because my mom says she missed me. There is so much fear in these blended families that we forget to address or to recognize. And one of the biggest ones is the court system, the fear of being drugged back to court. Because we all know the family court system is like, I used to say gambling, but now I'm going to say playing Russian roulette. Yeah. It really is. So there's always that fear of the Bio mom's going to get mad and cause issues. The bio dad's going to get mad and cause issues. The stepmom's going to get mad and cause issues. The step siblings. What if the kids don't get along? That's a big fear for the kids and for the parents, bio or step. Yeah. Or what if they get along too well? Hint, hint. Yes, there's that issue too. And then you've got the extended family. What if your sister doesn't like my son? What if your parents don't like my son? 
you know, like you said, sometimes things just aren't fair. And a lady said something in our Facebook group about a grandparent not showing as much attention to her kid. And everybody's like, well, if we can nacho, they can too. Yeah. Think about it. Absolutely, they can. Now, we'll talk about this at another time because it would take a while. And we're trying to keep this one short for y'all today. What if the unfairness is blatant? What if the grandparents come over with a Happy Meal for little Johnny, but they leave out the stepkid? What if the grandparents bring 10 presents for little Johnny and bring a dollar store gift for the stepkid? So I have a two-part answer to that. One is the parents should sit down and make sure they're on the same page with how they see that. Mm-hmm. And if they, if they agree there's some injustice there, then the person who is biologically related to those grandparents should sit down and have a conversation with them. Right. And hopefully they understand how to do it tactfully where the grandparents see that it's, it's, and I'm not going to use the word fair. It's not right. Right. And like we've talked about, the grandparents might only have so much money to spend because they're on disability or social security. And that's when as a parent, you go to your parent, which is the grandparent, and say, it bothers me that little Johnny doesn't seem to be treated the same when it comes to being given gifts and stuff. Can I help out financially to make sure that doesn't happen? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to suggest. Like, yeah. I would tell my parents, if you're going to get a Happy Meal, get two Happy Meals, and I'll pay you back. Right. If you're going to get 10 gifts, whatever, which I would string my parents up, they gave my kids 10 <laughs> gifts. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I would do the same thing. I would say, look, you know, if you can't do it, fine, but let me help you so that, it, you know, this kid doesn't have this view of you and a view of what's going on to where – He's not liked and not loved. Right. And y'all, I'm telling you, this is not just in blended families. My right. grandmother, biological grandmother, would bring my sister 20 gifts, look like Santa Claus coming in the house, and I would have one present. That's because I was not her favorite, and that was okay. Mm-hmm. And it was like that till the day she died. <laughs> yeah. And did I like her? Nope. You know why I didn't like her? Not because of that. But she was also more strict with me. Like, she tore my butt up with a hickory switch, but not my sister's, because her sweet little peaches could do nothing wrong. Yeah. You know, I don't, of course, we can't figure that this out now because she's not here, but I do wonder, what did you represent to her that she felt like she had to treat you that, that much differently? She didn't like my daddy. Oh, there you go. There you go. And you did. You were daddy's girl. I was daddy's girl. I came out screaming, I love my daddy. I love my daddy. But it wouldn't matter how much I love my daddy. She just didn't like my dad. So that would cause the problem. But anyway, David, we got to cut this short. We got to go fix dinner for my baby before he has to leave. Oh, well then let's go. Cause I mean, he's only 18. There's no way he can make himself dinner. No. <laughs> and you come down here cause you got to cook the burgers. Oh, we're doing, doing burgers, huh? Yep. That's right, because we got a Nacho Kids Academy coaching call tonight. We do, so we got to hurry, hurry, hurry. All right. Well, we'll do it. And if you want to know more about the coaching calls, head on over to nachokidsacademy.com. See all the resources there. And if you want to join, 
then jump in there. Give it a give it a month. See how well it works out for you. And I'm telling you, I'm not just saying this because it's ours, but the two Q and A coaching calls a month, and the Nacho Kids Boot Camp and the Changer Thinking Thinking Challenge are in itself worth more than we charge for the academy. Yeah, like a hundred times more. <laughs> and there's Buku's more. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time, remember, life is good. When you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.